Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. Well, hello. Welcome to another couple of hours of motorsports conversation here on a Monday night as we record this live. Welcome to the Lead Lap Motorsports Show. This is Tom Baker with uh, Chris Murdoch, who we brought in off the bench again this week. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting like the in. sixth man. Over yeah, there. you're you're the Just sixth seven. man uh, for Race Chaser, and uh, happy to have you in that role. We've got James Mellick behind the big board over there producing, and he'll be chiming in as well. Uh, we've got a couple of um, special guests that are going to be calling in. Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport and SprintCarMidget.com going to be checking in in just a few moments. We're going to do um, a wrap-up and complete analysis of all of the events that, t- that took place at the World Final, the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway over the weekend. We'll catch everybody up on the North-South Shootout as well later in the program. And we've also got uh, Ed Flemke, Jr., one of the aces former aces of the uh, modified tour up in new England and still a very active builder and uh, very heavily involved in that form of racing through his uh, raceworks business. Um, so we're going to talk with him as well. And of course I'm anxious to talk to him about uh, his dad also, who I remember racing in the seventies, steady Eddie Flemke, one of the all time greats and his son, uh, no less accomplished uh, as well. So, uh, going to be a full show here. If you want to call in 704-873-1400, 704-873-1400. When you call in, just know that uh, we're going to throw you into queue and we'll bring you up as on the air as soon as we can. So just uh, be patient with us. If you do call us, you'll be able to hear us while you're waiting. 704-873-1400. If you want to call, you can certainly do that. All right. So, this uh, this weekend was a huge weekend all over because locally we had two of the biggest events of the year in the region. We're going to talk about those uh, as the show unfolds. We'll start, however, on the national scene and uh, in NASCAR where the championship four in all three series has been set. Everybody goes to battle for the championship at Homestead. In Miami, starting with the truck race on Friday night and then the pair of races Saturday and Sunday, respectively. The Xfinity on Saturday, the Cup on Sunday. Um, starting with the Cup race, I had a chance to to watch this race. Uh, it was, uh, I thought, honestly, Chris, uh, it was sort of a snooze fest. I was a little disappointed, to be honest. I expected a, a more competitive race, but it just seems like with the package we have this year, the, the, the short tracks of the road course is kind of kind of suffer a little bit and you just don't get the passing that you did in the past. But uh, Denny Hamlin comes out on top, uh, puts himself in the championship. I'm going to do a round table here. Chris Murdoch, are you buying and selling that this is uh, destiny for Denny Hamlin? And he goes and wins the championship this weekend. I'm completely selling it. He, I, I feel like he always finds a way um, to throw it away at the end. I mean, you've got a really star studded, uh, championship four this year with Kevin Harvick, a bunch of heavy hitters, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, and, and Denny Hamlin. I would throw him in there. He's had he's had a record season, Tom. He's been able to to throw together some good races, and he's been there in the end almost every race. So uh, I would I would definitely throw him as a favorite, but I just don't think he's, he's going to do it. Um, I think he's had a good year. 
this was definitely his best shot to win. I just don't think he's got it. Mm. Okay, James Mellick, what say you about this? Well, you see, uh, nothing mean towards Denny, but at the start of this whole deal when it all got together and we all started talking about who he had to win the chase, I took Kyle Busch, and he went out there, had a good run this weekend, showed his team was sort of back on track to where they were, went out there, got the pole, had two good practices, and is on his way to Homestead as well, pointed himself in, but uh, I'm going to stick with my original, so I'm selling it and still sticking with Kyle. Well, um, okay, so somebody's got to be the dissenting voice here, and I think he has, I I think you're going to see it come down to two cars at Homestead, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. I think those are the two that are going to fight it out. I know Kyle Busch ran strong. He did everything but win the race, but he didn't win the race. And I just, Truex, boy, you just never know what to do with him. I mean, I, I think they kind of threw in the towel. I think he, I think he's honest. a strong favorite because um, he came with an old car. He took a skeleton to the, he's had the most amount of prep to work on a homestead car and look at data and, and prep for this race. I think you'd be... Um, sorely mistaken if you count him out in any show. Not counting any amount. I'm just saying I like Hamlin and Harvick. I, th- I think everybody's kind of bailing on Kevin Harvick. And Kevin's average at Homestead since the playoffs of this, this playoff chase format has started, 2.5 average finish. Wow. So and just Homestead, you said? At Homestead wow. in the finale, 2.5. That's pretty good. Um, and I've said since Denny won the 500 that – you know, this is this could be a different year, and as it's gone on, this appears to be his his year. I I really feel, I would I would say better than fifty percent that either Hamlin or Harvick end up with the championship. And I I think if if I can pick two out of the four to fight for it, those are the two I'm picking. Um, now on the flip side of that, uh, you you talk about Denny Hamlin having a record year. Yep. Um, Kyle Busch, 21 race winless streak. Um, do you think it's affecting him that he hasn't been to victory lane in sure. this long? Well, it, it would affect anybody. Yeah, I mean, I do. And I think he really wanted to win yesterday, obviously, and, and get that monkey off his back. You go into Homestead, though, and I mean, Kyle's a veteran. He knows how this drill works. And so does Denny. They all do. They've all been here. This is this is the first time we've had four guys that have been there, won that, except for Denny. Um, the the other three have been there and won it. This is the most experienced four that we've had in the final four. And, you know, it's three out of four Gibbs cars. So, you know, I I kind of look at this and say, you know what? I, I, I think all the Gibbs cars go in. Everybody says, well, are they going to work together? No, not at all. No. It's every man for himself. This is the championship, man. I mean, maybe if it comes down to trying to block Kevin Harvick, um, the, you know, if there's first and second Gibbs and then Harvick, well, yeah, the second place guy will try, but he's going to go for the win too. You know, this is a championship. So I, I do think that it, it affects Kyle. Um, you know, Kyle of all people hates losing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it just makes him more determined to go in and show everybody that, that they can get it done. Um, I think the one you know, thing that'll stick out to me this weekend and that's really a deciding factor is where they put the um, the traction compound and how they spread that out at Homestead. Because if, you, if you've looked at Homestead races in the past, it's been a really one-groove racetrack. Whoever can ride right up next to the wall yeah. the entire time, yeah. it, it, it becomes their race. And whoever can ride that the best has a good shot. So I'm going to be interested to see 
how they put the traction compound down and, and what the weather will be like and if it'll even get activated. Because we've seen the past couple races, it's been a little bit cooler and the uh, the traction compound wasn't even activated. And in some uh, in some instances of Texas, it even caused them to spin out. So yeah, as I he think, just, oh sorry, as you just cut as you just um, were mentioning there, the traction compound. Another thing that happens in this whole format in this race is it goes from day to night. Yeah. And when they're going from day to night, now your communication with your crew chief has to be spot on because you're so close to the edge, like he mentioned, against that wall. So that, that communication is has to be really good here for these guys. Well, it really does. And you know what? This is one of those things where it's kind of the, you know, you say, well, it's all about the playoff guys. Well, maybe, yeah, for the championship. But don't forget, <laughs> the other 36 guys can still run for a race win. Oh, yeah. And you know, and you got some guys like Kyle Larson, for example, who run extremely well mm-hmm. at Homestead. You mm-hmm. know, and Joey Logano runs extremely well at Homestead. You know, you got some drivers that are outside the playoff bubble that run extremely well there. And I don't see any reason why one of those guys or some of those guys won't be in the running for the win. And I'm going to tell you someone else that people better pay attention to. And that's Chase Elliott. You talk about a guy who's going to come in here mm-hmm. fired up. He was not happy after that race last week because obviously you know i mean there's nothing you can do about a blown tire but that was kind of the point before you You get too far away from joey logano can we just talk about his lackluster performance at ism and and how todd gordon is is sure that it was a half a pound of air pressure but it, it wasn't lackluster performance it was the lackluster end of performance yes he he had he was running he ran away in one stage two I mean, this was a guy who looked like he was going to, you but, know. But to say it, it was it was that minute of an adjustment, a half a pound that threw the whole balance of that car off is, is insane and how that can affect your race car. And Joey got out of the car and was like, I just don't know what happened. Yeah. I it mean. Just, it just left him. I mean, I think, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I don't pretend to be an engineer. Um, Melick's probably closer than either of us to mm-hmm. that that spot. But. I mean, you know, a half a pound can be a huge adjustment depending on the track and the situation with this aero package. Yeah, a half a pound could be a lot. The biggest thing that is a factor on those tires is the spring rate. Each tire spring rated with how much pressure they have, I mean, how much yeah. spring rate they have back, how much the tire pushes back against a certain pressure. And even a half a pound, if your spring rate changes that much, could be a big difference. So that's something we'll not ever know because we don't know the spring rates on those tires Mm -hmm. but a half a pound could be a big change for sure yeah we've seen that a couple of other times during the year we've seen um somebody all of a sudden just fall off the table yeah you know in a in a segment after a pit stop and you just always kind of wonder well gosh what did they do you know but um that's just all part of the overall physics of of uh you know race cars and engineering at this point um but it was sad because that that basically took Joey out of the playoffs. So one last comment for me on sure. at least ISM. Um, don't know if I'm too thrilled that it's the championship race last next year. Yeah, I, when, when you see Denny Hamlin pull away by almost seven seconds. Yeah, we can uh, we can pick pick up on that discussion on the other side of this break because uh, I do think it's worth a little bit of debate and discussion here. And Jacob Seelman will be calling us shortly as well so maybe he can get in on it uh but yeah it was definitely an interesting uh or not very interesting race on sunday for sure um not really too sure what the answer is but have heard a lot of uh different possible solutions so we'll discuss some of those on the other side 
We'll be back with more of Lead Lap presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Hey, we're going to talk about him in just a minute uh, because he uh, he is one of the final four in the truck series, and that's pretty uh, pretty awesome, honestly. So we'll uh, we'll catch up on the trucks in, in a moment here. We're going to hit the uh, strutmasters.com phone line here, and let's see what we got. Jacob Seelman, is this you? Hello, Jacob. Maybe. Okay, he's not sure. Not um, sure. He, <laughs> a bit of no, an identity I, crisis. I, 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 
I can be sure if you want me to be sure. I just felt like being funny. Well, we'll change. call you what we'll call you whatever you want as long as it's not obscene. This is a family show. Or late show. for dinner. Yeah, or late for dinner. Yeah. I was going to say, hey, hey, Murdoch got it right. As long as you don't call me late <laughs> for dinner. <I'm> <laughs> Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport and SprintCarMidget.com joins us now to uh, talk about world finals. But first, we're going to uh, kind of rope him into our NASCAR discussion here because I do want to kind of continue along this um, this pathway for a little bit. Uh, we talked about the Cup playoff guys and their chances at the championship at Homestead in our opening segment. We left off talking about how disappointed we were in the lack of excitement in the race at ISM on Sunday. And I found it interesting, and I'm actually going to do something that I generally don't like to do during the show, but I'm going to pick up my phone. Oh, man, he's pulling his phone out. Well, and the reason is because I actually screenshotted a tweet that Chris uh, Weaver, or not Chris, Chris Weaver. Chris Weaver? Is that's, that my, is that Chris not, Matt Chris, Weaver's kid? <laughs> Chris is a former limited super modified driver at Oswego. I just man. went back about 10 years. That would, <laughs> that would be wow. Matt Weaver. Um Actually posted in Is it the and, green five uh, green flag pass tweet. Found it interesting that because he taught he gave some stats. Um, this post really had some interesting stats in it about, uh, and we'll get Jacob in on this. Green flag on track passes for the lead in 2019 on short tracks and road courses. Here we go, Phoenix. This is not counting yesterday's race. Phoenix four, Martinsville two, Dover one. Sonoma and Watkins Glen combined zero and Dover two Martinsville. I guess he did include Martinsville one, but it was during the race. So we probably have one or two more. Um, so roughly about a dozen at all those tracks combined, a dozen green flag passes for the lead. What do you make of that? Jacob. Here's the deal. What I make of that is simple. This is not, and I will repeat again, this is not a track problem. This is a package problem. I agree. But, and more specifically, Weaver and I have had this discussion ad nauseum this year. The, <laughs> I'm going to quote Dale Jr. on this just because I can. The big-ass spoiler on the back end of these race cars is making short tracks and road courses completely insufferable because there's so much dirty air, you literally cannot do anything at all. If you, if you chop the spoiler down by about, oh, I don't know, 80%, you know, give them an <laughs> inch and a half or two inches of spoiler to work with instead of eight, we might actually have something we can work with here. But the problem is there's not enough horsepower with the huge you know, wind blade on the back of a car to be able to overcome all that dirty air. And because of that, once the leader gets out in front, that's it. And that's not how it should be on these short tracks and road courses. For years, we preached how the short tracks and road courses are the best racing in NASCAR. This year, it's the exact opposite of that. And what I said from the beginning when NASCAR wanted to go this direction with the new package is we should not and we cannot go and try to make mile-and-a-half racing better at the expense of short tracks and road courses. And unfortunately, I think that's exactly what we've done here. Well, the interesting thing is that when I look at it, it seems such an easy adjustment to make. For, you know, you either put the, the 
big speedway spoiler on or you put the short track spoiler on. I mean, this doesn't seem like rocket science here. I don't know why we just can't have a spoiler for one and a spoiler for the other and be done with it. It's not like we're changing the whole car. Well, I know, and that's why I don't get why NASCAR isn't more willing to make that adjustment, because it's a simple adjustment. It's not like we're bringing a whole new package to the table. It's a spoiler. That's it. It bolts onto the back of the car. This is not a difficult thing to change but 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 NASCAR wants to make it difficult, so therefore we're, we're stuck with what we're stuck with here. I guess, Melick. But if you did that at the same time, they when they put the bigger spoiler on there, they did stuff with the splitter as well. You'd have to change the splitter, so you'd have to make adjustments to the front and rear of the car at the same time. So it'd be multiple adjustments just if you change the rear because you'd have more front than rear at that point. Well, what's wrong with that? It makes the car loose. Yeah, but you want to try to have it somewhat kind of even if possible. I would, I would See, think. I, you know, here's my deal. Back in the old days... You look at the race cars, the front end was, you know, way up off the ground. And, you know, you your your back end was whatever it happened to be at the time because they had, you know, you could do a lot, almost anything at that point, I think. Really, um, you had big spoilers at some point, little spoilers, whatever. But um, Chris brought up the fact that, you know, it's a shame that here we go. If we're going to take this exact package to our championship race next year, it's going to be a pretty boring race. Basically, whoever gets to leave first is gone. Well, you got to think. It's going to be a long 2020 because we are stuck with this package for another year. There's no changes. This is the first time in, what, two years that they're not making any changes to the package? This is the package we've got yeah, for Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it. I don't think, you know, I mean, they. I know they, I think they've got the rules out and they've, they've said no changes, but NASCAR can do whatever they want. And, and I think even the drivers, are, are, there isn't a driver that we... That, that we've heard from that hasn't said knock the spoiler down, you know, take off these draft spoilers. We don't draft at these tracks. So, I, I mean, I don't think you, you've got to make, see, this is the problem with all this aero technology. I don't give two hoots if the cars are loose in the back. Slow down. That's what you got a brake pedal and a gas pedal for. Slow the heck down. I don't care if it slows them down 25 miles an hour. It doesn't matter. It's the racing that matters. And, you know, I just... I I really dread that we're gonna we're gonna go to this track next year, and I don't blame the track. Um, I would think ISM is sitting here if they could if they were here in the show, going, yeah, we agree, do something, we want a better race, <laughs> you know. I, even though it was sold out, Jacob, which that in itself was um, pretty amazing, and you know, again, uh, it flies in the face of everybody saying NASCAR is dead because you know Homestead's going to be sold out this weekend too. You better believe Homestead this weekend is going to be sold out. And uh, for more than one reason than just because we're crowning a champion, I think uh, there's renewed enthusiasm from the fact that this is the final championship weekend in Homestead. There's a lot of people that want to take advantage of that. There's a lot of people that want to take advantage of that. And it's just a great atmosphere to end the year on in general. Homestead's added some new amenities for this year. They've got an infield beach party. That's going to get to be uh, going. I, I that's them testing. That, that's I believe you. Party. That that's them. going to be going on this weekend as part of the uh, part of the festivities uh, in the infield for this uh, Ford Championship weekend. That's, so that's you know, them a lot testing of stuff for next spring break. So again, and Chris, well, there's that too. Oh. It's, it's more of a hey, we're getting this ready, so when you come back in March, it's perfected. Yeah, yeah. for spring break, <laughs> spring break 2020 infield beach party. Yeah. So since we're talking about uh, attendance, and and I kind of posed the question about, 
you know, swapping the races because Homestead's in March this uh, next year. So do you think that affects the attendance? Do you think people... Because, I mean, other than it being the championship race, nothing against Homestead, but it hasn't been been really a, a, a wow race track over, over the years. Do oh, you see, think... I disagree. I think Homestead's been one of the better races of the year for the last handful of years. I think it's a smart decision. I think decision. because Absolutely. of the playoffs. I, I think it's a smart decision. Absolutely it has been. And, and my concern to that, if I can jump in here, guys, uh, my concern to that is that, uh, you know, we – this race is not going to have the same atmosphere when we come back in March at all. And that, you know, I do worry about the attendance for Homestead, quite frankly, because the reason this race has been a sellout as many years as it's been, and the reason it's been such a great race, I feel, is that you're racing for everything, and you know you're racing for everything when you come to Miami. And if you don't have that same intensity level i just don't know that you're going to be guaranteed the same you know high pressure high stakes crazy style of racing that we've seen the last few years and quite frankly i'm a little bummed out by that i didn't think we needed to change championship weekend i felt for a long time that homestead was a great place to end the season not just because of the locale but because the racing has been so good there over the years and I'm really bummed out by this. I hate that uh, we have to see it change. And, you know, I, I, I hope, for Homestead's sake, that they, the spring break crowd that they can pull in, may, even if it's a different audience, that they can pull in enough audience to offset what I, what I worry that they're going to lose because of the move from championship weekend um, up to March. And I think to just elaborate on your point a little bit, Jacob, uh, with the attendance, during spring break, it's it's a big vacation spot for some families. You know, they they're planning their vacations. They're they're trying to you know enjoy some time off in the beginning of the year. You're asking people to plan their vacation to a NASCAR race, and I and I think that's where you're going to see a disconnect. You're going to see the core fans that are still going to show up, but I think just to add on to your point uh, about the attendance, Jacob, you're going to see a lot of people that might want to come to a race drop off because you know they've got vacation plans already so i think that helps the younger crowd though i was gonna say because like the younger individuals who go to college want to go to miami and party if you're a family and if you make a party, vacationing there that yeah. weekend because it's going to be a it's zoo going to be a zoo with spring break drunk. so it's That's going to bring it's going, it's going to bring that younger crowd back in i think for nascar well, i think it's a good decision maybe. i mean i'm going to miss miss having it the final race of the year but it could be a good we'll decision. see how many of them actually go to the race that's going to be the key i'm, I'm just not too sure that you're going to see a lot of those spring breakers show up at a NASCAR race. I don't think that's what they're going down there to do, quite frankly. Um, and uh, it's going to be very interesting. Okay, we're going to uh, push pause on NASCAR for a, a little bit because we had a major dirt track event over the weekend that took place here in uh, the Charlotte area. Jacob was right among the uh, throng of attendants who covered the whole thing. We're going to talk to him about it right around the turn. More of Lead Lap coming up right after this. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels 
new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. That is the best re-entry we have in the entire stable, I think. Welcome back to League Lap. Uh, Tom Baker, Chris Murdoch, and James Mellick hanging out in the WSIC studio in Statesville, North Carolina. Whether you're watching us live on WSIC TV 25 in Charlotte or you're uh, listening to us live on the Performance Motorsports Network, or maybe you're catching us on demand at your favorite podcast uh, platform. We appreciate you tuning in. Jacob Seelman on the Strutmasters.com guest line. And Jacob is uh, with us to talk about world finals. And this is gonna be, this is really gonna be an interesting discussion. I'm gonna start it out this way. Uh your champion of the World of Outlaws for 2019 is Donnie. No, it isn't. It's Brad Sweet. <laughs> oh, how did I know you were going to do that? <laughs> well, you know me too well, I guess. Um, I wonder if Brad's <laughs> egg is gone yet. Oh, um, 
I shoot, it better get gone before next Tuesday because he's got another race to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose he does. Con, 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 no, seriously, considering they just announced today he's actually running for uh, Casey's brother, Willie, no, in a I midget I, at the yeah. uh, hang, at the Hangtown 100. Yeah, uh, no, he, he, better get, uh, he, he better get sobered up by uh, about eight days from now. But no, I, I love it. I love everything about this. I preached for weeks leading up to the world finals, that Brad Sweet winning this title would be a good thing for the sport of sprint car racing. And my goodness, <laughs> did I ever get proved right by the absolute, I mean, it shook the bleachers. That crowd went nuts when Sweet came under the checkered flag and took that title. You could hear the crowd even before they had cut the motors. It was so loud, the cheering at the end of that Saturday night feature. And just to be clear here, I want to give a quick shout-out to David Gravel because nobody had anything for David Gravel Friday night or Saturday night. Gravel was in his own zip code. He swept the weekend. He got win 50 and win 51. Good on David. That's awesome. But all eyes Saturday night were on the championship yeah. battle because it was two points. It was two points coming in. And the biggest thing here was if somebody like Gravel went out and did what they needed, you know, did what they did and won the race, Donnie Schatz had to beat Brad Sweet by two spots. Right. And Brad basically said, um, not going to happen. I'm just going to go and outrun you. And Charlotte is Donnie's house. This is the one place where I, we all thought for sure if there was going to be a come-from-behind champion, Donnie Schatz at Charlotte was as close to a sure bet as anything we knew. And when it mattered most, Brad Sweet rose to the occasion, that mental strength that he talked about a few weeks ago with us um, on this very show, as a yeah. matter of fact. He put that on full display and absolutely outdrove the master when it mattered most. Well, and see, for me, Jacob, I, I didn't really worry too much about whether Brad had what he needed to, to win the championship you can say this is Donnie Schatz's house, but you know how my situation works when I analyze something. I believe what I see, not what has happened right. in the past. Brad Sweet had all the momentum coming in. I mean, he he was coming in on a streak of lightning, and you know he smelled blood in the water. And and I I think that's really the the key is he just went out and did what he's done for most of the season, honestly. And, and I'm not saying outdrove Donnie most of the season, but just gone out and consistently been consistent. And when he's needed to have a good weekend or a good night, he's, he's come up with it. Um, and they were prepared. I mean, they just went in prepared and they, uh, they did what they needed to do. And um, that was, uh, that was fun to see gravel, you know, get those two wins. And I, I can't say I'm totally surprised. And yet at the same time, it wasn't expected. I mean, especially to win both ends of, of the weekend in a competitive series like that in the world final, you just don't think anybody's going to sweep it. But, um, you know, I think it just goes to show the, the capability that that team has. Um, and, and there's still a lot of talk about what David Gravel's future might be. Well, uh, it's more than just talk now, uh, based on this morning's announcement from, Bobby Johnson and Jason Johnson Racing, and I've actually had a chance to go back and forth briefly with Bobby over the phone uh, t 
today, and I, I want to quickly uh, send out some thoughts to the crew because they uh, they had a myriad of things happen today between a canceled flight and trying to get back to Missouri on the rig and bad weather. So uh, just thoughts out to everybody who's traveling home from the World Finals going uh, towards the Midwest and the Central United States. But uh, um no, uh, Bobby tipped a couple of things. Number one, that David Gravel will be back with Jason Johnson racing for the Good. majority of the 2020 season. However, he will miss a handful of races, it appears, because, as has been speculated, alluded to, whatever you want to call it, for a few weeks now, and as we discussed on this very show, David Gravel is going to pursue his dream of running uh, selected NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series races in 2020, which is wow. a big deal. That's tremendous. It's a great thing. Um, you know, we don't know what that looks like yet. David doesn't even know what that looks like yet. Uh, you know, hopefully by the time we get to the Madness show later this week, I've had a chance to talk with him further about it and maybe be able to shed some light um, on that. But uh, David is hope very hopeful of running um, a partial truck series schedule in 2020. Um, of course, Jeff Gordon, who helped sponsor uh, David and JJR at the Knoxville Nationals this year through Exalta, um, I believe is going to be a big part of that, both as a mentor for David and potentially with helping uh, direct his path a little bit into the NASCAR side of things. But uh, no, there's, there's a ton of good things out of all of this, not the least of which is that David will be back for all the big races next year. He'll defend his Knoxville Nationals crown. He'll defend his Jason Johnson Classic crown. All the big things to worry about next year, David Gravel absolutely will be in play for. And, and that's a great thing for the world of outlaws, because to completely lose David Gravel, I feel well, you, you're losing one of your absolute superstars in that series right now. So I'll throw some speculation out there, because, well, I can uh, that perhaps we see David split time with Sam Mayer in the 21 truck for GMS racing, because Sam is not going to be able to run the full schedule yet. So perhaps, uh, the races he can't run or some of the races, um, would be uh, races that David Gravel could slide into because obviously you're not putting him in anything, but Chevrolet equipment and GMS would be the flagship Chevy team. I always that's like, correct, I and that's that's exact exactly where I w uh, would expect um, that to go. Uh, if if nothing else, Tom, I would I would expect the potential of a uh, mayor gravel split in that in that truck, and I'll be interested to see the leadership for that truck uh, going into 2020, mostly because um, you're going to need some veteran presence over there if you've got two you know rookies, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, splitting time in that in in that truck. I always enjoy when you can uh, see open wheel or, or dirt people transition over to the NASCAR world. I was very happy when I saw uh, Logan CV do it, and you put David Gravel in a truck at Eldora, and that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a show that he ought to circle on his calendar right there, and I think they do have. Um, I, I'm trying to remember who is crew chiefing Sam, but I know he's a veteran crew chief. I, I think that's already taken care of, to be honest. It might be Marty Lindley. Um, I think that's already taken care of. So I think uh, whoever GMS has there will do very well with David. That should be a lot of fun. Okay, I want to move 
quickly to the World of Outlaws late models because we've got a couple of minutes left in this segment to cover them. Um, I was a little surprised, honestly, and yet I guess I wasn't that uh, Shepard ended up winning this. I mean, it's it's the second time, but, um, you know, you, you just never knew coming in how this was going to play out. Well, I mean, you did as far as the championship was concerned. Uh, um, Brandon Shepard had the late model title on lockdown a couple of weeks ago. Oh, he did? I didn't realize that. that. I thought we had... Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. It wasn't three title battles. It was only two. Brandon absolutely had it on lockdown a couple of weeks ago. And you can do that when you win three races that pay $100,000 <laughs> or more in a single calendar year. And on the World of Outlaws late model side, you win 18 times during the year. I mean, that pretty much tells everybody else, oh, hey, this is mine. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 big, the biggest thing for Brandon Shepard was that he proposed to his longtime girlfriend at the banquet Sunday night. Oh, I didn't, uh, didn't catch that memo. That's pretty cool. So he won the championship and oh, uh, win a wife. Exactly. Future no, wife. Uh, that was cool. And I, I, was really, <laughs> I was really happy to see that for Brandon. I got a chance to, uh, to be at the awards banquet uh, um, Sunday night. So that was, a, that was a neat experience. But no, Brand, the Rocket won car after a year where they got narrowly defeated by Mike Marler absolutely just came back and demolished everybody this year. Second title in three years. They've gotten, I think, 40, 45 or 46 wins over the last three years and no signs of slowing down. It's been a good year for the Berlin, Illinois native. Um, The guy I want to give a shout-out to finished third in points, Ricky Weiss, uh, finished second in the feature Saturday night. Uh, First Canadian to win Rookie of the Year honors with the World of Outlaws Morton Building late models, and a great year for the young driver who I think is going to have a lot to say when we get to year number two for him in 2020. The winners of the two features, uh, by the way, you had Chris Smokey Madden in the Friday night feature, which was really emotional for uh, all of Scott Bloomquist racing, considering uh, just a few hours earlier, uh, we got the news that longtime chassis builder and driver uh, Randy Sweet, who worked with Scott Bloomquist on the Sweet Bloomquist chassis for so many years, um, passed away at 72. So uh, to see Team Zero go 1-2 in the Friday feature. And then to see Jimmy Owens, who we haven't seen a lot of with the World of Outlaws this year, get his, get his seventh Charlotte victory on Saturday night and kind of ice, uh, ice down the title of King of the Late Models at Charlotte. So that was cool for Jimmy, and I really enjoyed seeing that uh, for him and for that whole 20 team. Uh, but no, this year was all about Brandon Shepard, and I see no signs of that changing in 2020. We're going to step aside. We've got uh, super, super dirt, big blocks to cover yet uh, with Jacob. When we get back around the turn, you are listening to League Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. We'll be back right after this. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct 
correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider, complete motorcycle air suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider air shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider motorcycle air suspension at Strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed. Ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents. Vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery. Threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Legal App Presented by HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com and uh, back to the strutmasters.com guest line we go. Jacob Seelman still with us uh, talking Can-Am World Finals and uh, not that we wanted to uh, save the best for last or anything, but uh, the Super Dirt Car Big Block Series wrapped up their season point season uh over the weekend as well and goodness gracious i mean of all the people that i would have if you would have told me in the beginning of the year that matt williamson would be anywhere near the championship i would have thought well okay outside pick um man i mean unbelievable what that guy accomplished this year well it really is and we talked about Ricky Weiss being the first Canadian to uh, win Rookie of the Year with the late models earlier. Matt Williamson uh, gets the distinction yeah. of being the first Canadian to win the Super Dirt Car Series National Championship, which is a huge honor this year. And 
this was a season where he really came from behind. For so much of it, we all thought, oh, Matt Shepard's going to walk to his eighth title and tie Brad Hearn. And no, uh, a ba- one bad run, one chaotic Super Dirt Week 200 at Oswego, and Matt Shepard's once-thought-insurmountable points lead evaporates. And here comes Matt Williamson, who wins Super Dirt Week, all of a sudden, he's got all the momentum, comes to Charlotte. Shepard has a flat tire on the first night, has to come from 37th to 10th. Williamson gets a top five run, and suddenly he's got the points lead going into the final night of the year, and all he has to do is outrun Shepard. And that's exactly <laughs> what he did. It was a thing of beauty, if you ask me. Matt Williamson did everything right. And Matt Shepard had a little bit of bad luck, Tom. And you know what? Sometimes in championship seasons, bad luck just happens. And we get things like what we got Saturday night, which was a brand-new champion. And I talked to Matt Williamson for a while after uh, during the championship celebration, and I think he's going to be a great representative for the sport of big-block modified racing oh, yeah. going into 2020. He's a bit of a younger voice. Not, not, not that Matt Shepard's old by any stretch of the <laughs> imagination. He's, he's, not for, he's not even 40 yet himself, I don't believe. No. But, uh, you know, Williamson, Williamson's uh, you know, closer to my generation, and uh, he, he gets the sport from a little bit different perspective. And we were talking about that afterwards, and... and you know, Matt's really got some some bright ideas in his head about ways that he'd like to see the sport get a little bit better going forward and, and, and you know, some things that he'd like to bring to the table. And, and I feel like a championship helps give him that voice and that extra respect that we may see some things, uh, you know, see, see him be able to voice some things in the future that, that could incite some really positive change for the division. But I think it was a great thing kind of to tie the big blocks and the sprint cars together um, to have two brand-new champions yeah. this year. I mean, normally during the World Finals, we talk about Donnie Schatz. We talk about Matt Shepard for a while. We talked about Josh Richards. Right. I mean, we're still talking about the Rocket One car in the late models. But Doesn't matter who two drives brand it. new champions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No matter who drives it. But Brad Sweet and Matt Williamson to win the titles that they won this year. What a breath of fresh air for the sport of dirt track racing. Um, it's just great all the way around, quite frankly. It, it's really, really good. I, you know, I enjoyed seeing that, and I think both of them are going to be positive, uh, positive for the future. Well, yeah, I agree. And uh, it definitely was a stellar field in all three divisions there, and except for a little bit of precipitation that affected the practice night, um, other than the fact that it was just uh, cold as uh, Alaska. Um, you know, it uh, it really turned out to be a fairly decent weather weekend and almost uh, uninterrupted uh, for that uh, particular event. Yeah, uh, we we did have a little bit of uh, we had a little bit of weather on Thursday yep. that uh, cut a little bit of the preliminary short, but Friday and Saturday, yes, it was cold, but we got all the racing in. It it actually made for a pretty good racetrack, I felt like, and. Uh, you know, it's the first time I don't think we've had any real risk of weather for either of the two race days, which is a really good deal. Um, happy about that. Was happy to see all the racing get in normally. And, uh, 
Yeah, I think we should give a shout-out, too, while I'm thinking about it, to the Super Dirt Car Series feature winners, both of whom ended the year with their first win of the season. Jimmy Phelps on Friday night, Billy Decker on Saturday night, both getting much-needed victories. And I, it wouldn't be right to not give a shout-out to the legend, right, Tom? Brett Hearn announcing uh, last week that he will step away from full-time driving after 45 years going into 2020. Yep. He's going to manage the oval track at Orange County Fair Speedway and uh, race selected events, run the big events. I'm sure we'll still see him at Super Dirt Week. Um, you know, he'll run the, the, the shows, as he told me over the weekend, by the amount of fun that he has. <laughs> uh, Super yeah. Dirt Week's always a fun show. Um, the, the race that he promotes, Brett Hearn's big show at Albany, Saratoga, that's always a big show. Um, you know, all in all, uh, my hat's off to Brett Hearn. He gets to go out on his own terms. He gets to call this the way he wants to. Yeah. And as he said, Chris, Lar- Chris Larson, who uh, basically leases Orange County Fair Speedway from Mike Gerda, uh, he said, Chris Larson told me when we were talking about this job that complete retirement was never an option because in chris larson's words you're too good for that brett well he's right um i will say the uh the turnout uh for can-am world finals at the dirt track at charlotte motor speedway uh was incredible i went down there saturday afternoon uh because i had lunch plans with somebody and you could definitely tell the dirt track owned concord for that weekend because concord was shut down Con- well, yeah, Concord, uh, definitely. Well, in more ways than one, right? Because uh, um, I will tell you this, the, the crowd for the other big event of the weekend in Hickory, the North-South Shootout, was abysmal. Um, so I, I clearly the dirt uh, folk won the war on that one. And, yeah, Chris is right. I was down there Friday for a while um, also uh, at a, a lunch deal um, before I had to come back up here for a conference call. And they, they, uh, even on Friday at lunchtime, there was a ton of traffic there. I mean, that's always a, a huge event. They always pack the grandstand for it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the, the golden events of the year in the area for sure. So, okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I was going to ask you, Jacob, now that we've gotten that over with, um, you know, what do you, What's your takeaway going into 2020 on the dirt scene? I mean, what are a couple of bullets we can expect to have to pay attention to? You can pick a series. It doesn't matter. But uh, just kind of curious overall what what you heard, what you're thinking after seeing that show. What can we expect in 2020 in terms of those particular divisions? A couple of things. Number one, Donnie Schatz will be back. The way they ended this year with sure the Ford Motor, the fact the fact that they did not finish any worse than, I think, third with any of the races that they had the Ford Motor in from the time they debuted it yep. all the way to the end of the year, that ought to spell, that ought to make the rest of the competition really nervous because that that is going to be a game changer. Donnie told me that's going to be a game changer, and they're very excited about that going into 2020. Yeah. Second bullet point. Brad Sweet can absolutely repeat this championship. This is a driver with all the momentum in the world in his corner. Now it's not, can I win a championship? It's, oh, hey, I did that. I did, exactly. And I can do it again. That's right. So this this rivalry between Brad Sweet and Donnie Schatz, if you thought it was good this year, 
look out because I don't think it's over. And my third and final bullet point that I'm looking forward to, or actually that I take away going into 2020, is passion in the form of shark racing. To hear Jacob Allen's speech Sunday night at uh, the, the awards night there in Concord, to see how far shark racing has come this year and to know that they've got more support from Dryden, um, extended support, and two drivers that just want it so bad. I would argue they, those two, Logan Schuhart and Jacob Allen, want it worse than anybody else in the field. Shark racing will be a force next year, mark my words, and Jacob Allen will be a World of Outlaws winner by this time next year. I promise you that. My final nugget for uh, World Racing uh, or World of Outlaws uh, kind of feeds off of your uh, your passion, and it, and it is passion for everybody involved in the World Racing Group. It's such a quick turnaround from all the crews, the teams, the travel schedule they go through from stopping at truck stops to wash the cars yeah. every every, uh, every other uh, race and, and and just the amount of uh, uh, the amount of effort that goes into that that series and that entire sanctioning body and it's a quick turnaround they start back January 3rd with the uh, the World of Outlaw late models down there in uh, oh where are they racing I can't remember but it's January 3rd. They're Bravado, back at New Mexico. It's a quick turnaround, Jacob. They, they put in a lot of work. That's for sure. That's yeah, a long they series. have. All right. So, uh, you know, we definitely appreciate the time to spend with you, Jacob, and uh, look forward to having you. Well, you'll be down in Homestead this week, but uh, you can at least keep us up to date on Thursday night with what's going on and uh, look forward to having you back in the saddle here soon. I absolutely will, and I just want to give a quick shout here before y'all go off to break. Um, don't kill Melek on Thursday night, uh, considering what show it is. Uh, he, he's on my orders, and I have a little surprise planned for you guys. So, <laughs> oh, that's right. It's okay. our 250th show. You just go ahead and let Thursday. me know what it is. Thank you for reminding me of that, oh, Jacob. Uh, 250th Motorsports Madness show on Thursday. I forgot all about that. Another reason to celebrate the growth that Race Chaser is undergoing. We'll be back with more right around the turn. You're listening to Lead Lap, and we'll be right back. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. 
Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking with a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively summit point motorsports parks drift nirvana is just the thing for you call for your reservation today 304-725-8444 or for more information go online summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com drift nirvana getting you sideways the right way If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Hi, this is Tyler Ingram, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. You know, we'll talk more. We haven't gotten to the truck series yet. We'll talk about that a little later on in the show. But, man, couldn't have felt worse for Tyler Ankrum because he went in with uh, an outside shot. And I thought he would run really well at ISM, and he did up until the race. And then uh, he just had one of those days when about everything that could have went wrong did. Um, But uh, hats off to Tyler and DGR Crosley because they definitely overachieved this season for sure. Okay, so we are back here on the lead lap presented by uh, HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. They have two locations, one here in Mooresville, North Carolina, and one all the way up in Danvers, Massachusetts. I say all the way up if you're sitting here where we are in Statesville, North Carolina, but closer to Danvers, Massachusetts than we are is our next guest. And he is on the strutmasters.com hotline. Eddie Flemke, welcome. To Lead Lap, you are on with Tom Baker, Chris Murdoch, and James Mellick. And we are really happy to have you on the program uh, and very uh, appreciative of your time to talk with us a little bit. Well, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit first about, because look, I, I'm a 70s kid from Oswego, New York, who grew up watching your dad come to town whenever the Modifieds would to the Oswego Speedway and um, you know, watched him run in New England a few times when I was up there. Um, you know, you guys, your, your family has such a, a rich heritage up there. I guess I want to start off by asking you this question. What was it like growing up, uh, with, with study, study Eddie Flemke as a father and growing up in racing in New England, which I continue 
to look at is the region actually with uh, the best racing even still at this moment. Um, it is still the most pure and the most like it was all those years ago when I was growing up. What was it like to grow up in that situation and in that environment? Well, it was, it was pretty awesome. Um, I, I, um, I was trying to prepare my speech for last, this past weekend, and, and one of the things I touched on is that when you, when you grow up in a family of, in a family of somebody like my father or whatever, um, you, you kind of, you tend to, you're exposed to so many different types of people and so many classes of people and so many people, successful people, famous people, you tend to take them for granted not in the sense that you don't appreciate them, but right. you just you don't look at them as you, you, they're your heroes and you look up to them. But yet they're like my father always said, you know, they put their pants on just like we do one sure. leg at a time. You know, so you grow up with that kind of mindset. But on the same token, um, as I got older, as I look back, I went, "Wow, it was pretty awesome." To one day, I, like for example, one day the phone rings and it's it's. Mario Andretti calling because he had bought a car from my fa- a modified car to run in Pennsylvania from my father. You know, my father built it for him, and sure. and, and I couldn't even under- explain it. You know, pronounce his name. My father said, "You know, when you answer the phone, he goes, who is it?'" I go, "I don't know, some guy. <laughs> I don't know." And he, and he was mad at me because I couldn't pronounce his name because he thought it was some <laughs> weird, whatever. But but it's pretty cool that you got Mario Andretti calling your house to talk to your your father. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that that would be amazing. I, I mean, it's and it's one of those things, like you said, you you look up to them and they're your heroes, but because you just sort of grow up with them around you, it yeah. kind of normalizes them. Whereas, you know, for someone like myself, for example, who grows up as a fan and yeah. looks at those those drivers of that era, you know, and even yeah. you know, I'm going to be 52 in a couple of weeks, and so. I'm kind of at that age where everything older was better somehow. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, you look back to that era and you, you just had so many unbelievably talented, gritty, hard-nosed racers in the modified division up there. I mean, we could sit here for hours and just talk about, you know, the competitors of that era. And it was such a, a, a glorious time for the modifieds. Uh, you know, whether you were in New England or New York or, or wherever you were, even down south here, the Modifieds were stronger back then. Um, so for you growing up, I, I, I have to believe that it was almost in your DNA that you were going to be a racer. Yes? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Um, and again, in, in my speech, I said it was funny. I, I never, I, growing up, I never wanted, wanted to be an, a race car driver outwardly. I wasn't competitive. I didn't, you know, I wasn't into sports. I, I mean, I, I raced with my friend, actually, Steve Emil and uh, uh, a couple of the other kids. We grew up together in that Albany area when we were in, when we used to go to Malta. We sure. used to race our bikes together and we raced, but it wasn't like you were saying I was practicing to be a race car driver. But, and ironically, I said in my speech, I go, it clarified it. I go, it wasn't even my idea. Uh, a friend of mine, Tony Altieri, who builds race motors to this day um, for the limited late model divisions up here, and um, you know, two barrel carburetor type stuff. But right. anyway, him and I had our first car together, and we just one summer just decided, and we don't even remember how, but we just decided to go racing, and we ended up buying a car from his father that had been sitting for ten years in a garage, and we just put it together. Then when it came time to buy our license, you know, to go racing with it, we didn't even think about it, but you had to buy a license. Because we were actually we were both seventeen at the time, okay, and 
and we got the application application and it said owner driver or crew you had to pick one and we were going like well we never thought through that thought that through so he said he came up with he said hey how about this my father's always been an owner your father's always been a driver why don't you drive and i'll be the owner and if it doesn't work we'll switch so that's how i started actually driving and i even said in the speech i was glad that i did because i think it turned out pretty good and i even jokingly said and if you don't agree, speaking to the group of people, I said, if you don't agree, I said, don't blame me, blame T.A. Tony, it's always <laughs> the motorman's fault, that's you know, right. so, but anyway, but that's how I, that's really how I started driving, I'm not saying I didn't want to drive a race car, but I never had any aspirations to be, be a driver, and, 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 and also, too, um, I've said this many, many times, I, the first time I was on a TV talk show, uh, questions and answers, and they said, well, you've you've won, you know, like, what, your fourth or fifth race now? Um, you've been racing for 15 years. Um, how would you compare yourself to your father? And I went, I don't. And they, and the reporter looked at me like, like, thanks, this isn't a good way, that's not a good answer. And I go, <laughs> well, I said, I go, how could you compare the two? I said, I've won a handful of races in my career. My father has won over five or 600 yeah. features. I said, I said, I don't even try to compare myself to my father. There is nobody as good as my father. Why would I try to compare? You know, in my opinion, nobody's ever been as good as my dad. But, but anyway, but so no, I never really, I never had any aspirations, and I really didn't get serious about racing until like '85. I've been racing for 12 years before okay. I, you know, and I, I won my first race in '85, the year after my father passed away, and. And I had started and stopped and started and stopped. I always drove, but I didn't drive full-time and whatever. But when I finally, one day, um, my mom was against me racing. My whole family was really against My father didn't even want me racing, truth, to be honest. Um, but my mom was worried about me getting hurt, plus it ruined her life, you know, because she was sure. married to my father right. and he was a racer and whatever. So anyhow, I was one day she came to the shop, and I was showing her how safe the cars is cars are and i go look we put these bars here and we weld it this way and the seats and the this and that and when i was talking to her i realized that i was afraid to get hurt in a race car and when i was telling her all this stuff because i was so safety conscious i was saying i finally realized the reason i didn't go all that great is i was afraid to get hurt so i said to myself you know what you can get hurt just as bad running slow as you can fast plus when you're in the back running with the squirrels you're going to get wrecked more often. Exactly. So you better step up. And that's how I started getting serious. And, and I won my first race that year. So it's a pretty, it's been a good life. It really has. Well, it, you know, it's been, it, it's an interesting path that you, you took. And, and as you said, you kind of got serious in the mid eighties. And, and I know that um, just looking at your tour stats, I mean, 17 wins, 91 top fives and 160 top tens out of uh, 439 starts between 88 and 2013, um, for somebody who wasn't, you know, very serious about driving, that those are pretty impressive stats, my friend. <laughs> oh, thank you. And, and you know, it's funny. I, I, I uh, when I was writing again, I keep referring to the speech, but when I was refer when I was writing it, I, yeah. I even said uh, there was a time John Hummel, one of the, the, my car owner, when I and that I drove on the, the that I won my first tour race with in in '94. We started together in '90, and um, the end of '99. I mean, 89, and then we ran one race, and the next year we, we went, you know, together after that. So in, for four years, we'd go to the banquets, and we'd sit in the back of the room because, you know, the, the champions sat up in front, and 
the far the, the farther back you finished, the farther back. So we were in the nosebleed seats, yeah. as they call them. And I remember looking in the program for the for the banquet, and they had the list of all the race winners. Richie Evans had uh, what was it, sixty one wins, whatever it was, and then Reggie had so many, and yeah. Stefanik had so many, and and whatever. And I'm going, man, I just want to be on that list once, and I'll be happy. And him and John Hummel brought that up. He says, all I ever wanted was one win as as a car owner, you know. And then when you look now, and and I I I don't know, we're in the top maybe twelve or fifteen of all time winners. You go, wow! I was I was happy with one. <laughs> so it is kind of cool, you know. It is, but it, but also too. To be honest, too, is I I feel as though my whole career, I never ever ever felt like the man, the guy to beat. Don't get me wrong. When I walked in, I knew we had a car that could win. I knew I could get it to the finish sure. line first and all that stuff. But I'm I'm not. I'm saying I never felt like I was Mike Stefanik, you know. Um, Tony Hirschman. I, I never felt like that. I was always trying to be that person. You know, you know I mean, get to that level, you know. But um, looking back now, yeah, we were one of the guys, but never, whatever. I, I'm, you know, pretty humbled that I was as successful as I was. Absolutely. You know? We should mention uh, for those who are listening or watching, listening to or watching the show, um, Ed keeps talking about speech, and I should have mentioned at the top the. Uh, near hall of fame class of 2019 is what ed refers to here mike joy ed flemke jr and brad lafontaine among the inductees uh the new england auto racing hall of fame a great honor for him uh we're going to ask ed if he can hang on just uh, a little bit we got to step aside quickly and we'll be back with more of lead lap radio more of ed flemke jr right around the turn don't go anywhere stay here You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports sales professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. 
Because it's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Rocking the night away, talking racing here on Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Also want to give a nod to my computer career, training for a better life. If you looking, if you are looking for a changing career or maybe a first career, my computer career, a career in IT could be the answer. Just go to their website at mycomputercareer.edu and take the career evaluation test. It is free to you to take and uh, if you decide to pursue your degree in IT you could be in a job in as little as four months not even doing it full-time just a few days a week either online or at one of their seven campuses across the country my computer career is training for a better life back to the strutmasters.com guest line we go we are having a great time Talking with uh, Eddie Flemke, who is um, just, I mean, super well-known up in New England and uh, recent inductee, the 2019 class of the New England Auto Racing Hall of Fame. And, man, that had to be an amazing evening for you, uh, being inducted with folks like Mike Joy, a couple of your fellow modified drivers, Vinny Anarumo, who I know is a huge name up their way, and Dion. Um, you know, Brad LaFontaine uh, and Bob Weber Sr., who I remember from Star Speedway. I remember the first meeting I had with Bob um, many, many years ago, probably 25 years ago or so, um, when I went up there to one of their Star Classics for the Supermodifieds. And Bob was one of those those men that when you meet him, you don't forget him and uh, always, always really enjoyed Bob. And uh, so that had to be quite an evening for you to be a part of that uh, ceremony. Oh, absolutely! It's um, it, you know it's, I've been going to it for years. I, you know, I unfortunately I, I I had the honor of having to um, do my father's yeah um, induction because yeah. he had passed away, mm-hmm. and and um, and I've been to almost every one of them they've ever had um, because it's quite a you know it's quite an event, sure. and it's it's a big part of our of our history, and and we should. Um, be part of it and try to preserve it and try to promote it. So I try to go as much as I can. But uh, you know, obviously this year was extra special, and and uh, I was, I mean, I t- I worked for a month and a half writing <laughs> writing a speech, and 
I was up to like 17 pages and I was like, oh my God, you know, you only get like five, to ten, you know, to seven minutes. And, <laughs> and I jokingly said to Bones, I go, you know, I, I'm looking, I got like 17, 18 pages and, and I said, there's supposed to be a speech, not a book. And I'm going, oh my God. I said, but you know what? Bones, I got a great idea for a book. I said, I even know what, <laughs> I even have a title. It's, it's living in the shadows of a legend that the sun, the oh. story of sons and Sons and daughters of race car drivers, you know, or something like that. And he laughed, but but um, yeah, it was it was great. And um, the the best part is, uh, man, I had almost sixty people of my own friends going, um, represent, you know, you know, going for me to cheer sure. me on. And and I had my um my the only parent I have, I you know, I have my mom and dad have both passed away, but I also have a stepmother and stepfather. Right. Um, my stepfather passed away, but my mom's still alive, so she was there. My um, half sister, my half brother, my stepsister, their families, um, my godson, my you know, uh, it, it was great, and I got to be with my heroes, Danny Zimmerman, um, you know, Skip Matzak, uh, you know, uh, it just the, the list goes on and on and on. You know, it was just it was just such a great, great Billy Greco, um, great night. I mean, it was just a great day because they have it during a day, and and Mike Joy did an awesome job, and um, with his with his induction and then bones did a super job introducing me and i'm trying you know i'm trying to relax before you know he's the one that's inducting you so yeah. i'm trying to relax before he calls you up because i'm not a good i do this pretty well i think um but as far as public speaking so i'm i'm a nervous wreck so i'm avoiding people and trying to calm down and he's saying all these really really nice things that you forget about and he he did mention like because we grew up together so he said you know he watched me grow out of my father's shadow and cast my own shadow, you know? And he says he's even done a good job of, of not putting his, casting a shadow on his father's name, and which was a nice way to say things. And I'm going, oh, God, thanks. Now you're making me even more emotional. Because I'm a crier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a crier. So anyway, I, I get up there, and, and I, I, um, everybody kept telling me, start with a joke, start with a joke. And I said, no, I'm not, not going to do stand-up. I'm going to do my speech, and it, it's from my heart. And whatever, but they, and Mike Joy was the one that said, no, you got to start with a joke. you got to loosen everybody up. So so I, I don't <laughs> know. Uh, yep, so I go, I walk, I go walking up, and I, you know, I get up there, and I thanked Bones, of course, and I go, you know, I go, you know, people, I've driven 180 miles an hour in the back straight at Sebring, reaching down, adjusting the front and rear sway bars on the back straightaway as A.J. Foyt is passing me, and not break a sweat. You put a microphone and a piece of paper in front of me, ask me to read it. I want to throw up. You know, <laughs> I'm going, and you know, everybody laughed, and I laughed, and and then I got into my speech. But um, it was fun. I mean, I mean it's a true story. And people afterwards said, "You raced with AJ Ford?" I said, "Yeah, I did. When I did the GTP race, and we ran Sebring, and did I? I actually never raced with Ann, Mario Andretti. I was in the same race with him, but I didn't race with him. But he did. In his true story, when I was flying down the back stretch 179 plus miles an hour and you had to adjust the, the rear sway bars and the front sway bars to get right. into the end of the front straightaway so you could get through that corner better and you'd be adjusting the sway bars and all of a sudden i was in a gtp light car and mark and aj was in a gtp a full gtp car so they were like 20 miles an hour 30 miles an hour quicker than you on that straightaway so he went by me like i was parked so <laughs> I didn't race with him, but I, did, I, I will say I did pass him back. He was on pit road. But I passed <laughs> and he waved when you went by, right? That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was fun. Beep so the horn. It, 
it's been a fun life. Yeah, it's been fun. Well, and you you continue to, and I probably, I was thinking as you were talking about being nervous about speaking, you know, I used to hear in my younger days, and I've done a pretty fair amount of public speaking, but I used to hear in my younger days, you know, people say, well, if you're nervous, picture the audience, their underwear. And I'm thinking about, you're mentioning Mike Joy and Bones and so and it's just kind of like, that probably wouldn't have helped you very much. No, no, no. It, 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 well, you know, it's, it, it, well, like I told, I ju- we, we said that, I said, yeah, but that would be very distracted. He goes, why? And I go, well, because then you'd be looking for the one, the good looking one, yeah. you know, <laughs> the ones you want to see naked, you know, or in their underwear. But, um, I that, never thought all, that was good advice at all, honestly, but yeah, but you know, it, but it, 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 it just, you know, anything that gets you through yeah, is what you exactly, do, you know, for sure. um, you know, you, you do what you got to do. I wanted to talk with you about race works a bit because, uh, you know, this, you continue to be very successful, uh, and I and I want you to tell the story because you can obviously do it much better than I can. We got about four minutes in this segment. I want you to tell tell our audience the story of how this got started and kind of where you are today with it. Well, I, actually, to be honest, um, how RaceWorks itself started orig- originally, originally, originally is my father was racing for Bill Thornton, Manchester, Santa Gravel. Um, I went to work part time for them to help them maintain the cars and stuff. And um, started, you know, doing more fabrication because I, when I first started racing, I didn't even know how to weld. I had to have Don Moon weld my cars together, and John Steiger helped, and Bobby Judkins helped, and whatever. So little by little, I started welding and repairing stuff, and especially my own stuff. I wrecked enough. I I got good at <laughs> fixing it. Learned. So yeah. And over the years, I kept begging my father for about two, three years. I kept begging him to let me build. And I had drawn one up and had it all you know, like made my own blueprints and. Long story short, I kept begging and begging and begging. So finally one day he said, you know, draw it out on the floor for me. So I did. And then he finally said, okay, go cut up. You know, he said, he gave me, he was looking at my blueprint of the front cross member. He said, okay, here's some tubing. Go across the street, cut the cross member. If it fits the first time, you got an hour. He said, if it fits the first time, we can build our, our own car. So I did. We built our first cars. And I didn't even think about this until, again, I was writing the speech that, um, that was in the sum, the winter of 1976, going into the 77 season, okay. and we built those first two cars. We built one for my father. We built it together, and we kind of had a competition too to see who whose was better, who was was lighter. <laughs> so my father was great at making things light. And then one day, cute story, I said to him, "Dad, how do you know how to make something light?" And he says, "Well, kid, you make you figure out how, the absolute lightest you can do it. Cut that in half, and that's what you use." And I said, well, that's a great, that's a good way to do it. So, wow. but anyway, we had a contest to see which could be lighter, better, blah, blah, blah. And, um, anyway, we were getting closer and closer to getting the cars done. And then he, um, I, the car was pretty, pretty much kind of sort of ahead of its time, very small, very light and whatever. So he was kind of worried that the car was going to be successful and get, you know, everybody's, you know, and you get all the eyes looking, they sure. start on stuff and things. So he came up with the bright idea to have mine come out first because, I, at that point, I hadn't won. And, I mean, I, I didn't even have a top 10 at that point, maybe right. barely a top 10. So um, we came out with my first car, which was the aero-bodied car, Plymouth Aero, um, compliments of a Chrysler dealership that I worked for at one time. Uh, okay. And it worked there. But anyway, and uh, which was ahead of its time also, and it was a pretty cool-looking car. And, and immediately I got my first top five with it. The car went better, but because it was me, nobody really looked at it. But <laughs> later that year... I, we won the first when my father came out with his. He won his first race of the year with our new car, and then um, we, you know, we only won one or two races with it. But then 
at the end, towards the end of the season, he in an eleven day, I think it was eleven or nine day period, he, we won the Stafford two hundred, finished in the top three at Oswego with that classic race, yep. and then won the Thompson three hundred with that same car. And I said, I said to myself, when again when I was writing the statistics and everything, I would go like, wow, my first car I ever built ever, you know, won two of the greatest races in New England. That's that's pretty awesome, you know. So. So that and but anyway, so that's how we kind of built cars, but we just built them for ourselves. And then the the winner of '77, Dick Barney, wanted one of our wanted to buy one of our cars, and my father says it's not for sale, but I'll build you one. So we built, got started on building his cars. And then in '78, we had a really, really, really bad year, and built at the end of the year, Bill Thornton, our sponsor, Manchester Center Gravel, decided to get out of racing because he had 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 enough, and. Um, and he turned around and gave us, you know, turned all the equipment over to us and said, here you go, good luck. Oh, wow. And uh, in order to continue, because he was paying both of us, you know, um, we worked for him. So we were on the payroll and everything. So gotcha. now we went from payroll and everything to nothing. And so I ended up um, selling all my equipment, my racing stuff, and because um, I figured, and if this was the truth, too, I said, we both can't afford to race. And I'm just tearing stuff up. My father could win, so why don't I just put my life, my my career on hold, and you know race when I can, and I'll sure. you know right. focus on my father's. And then we were also were you know building those couple cars, so we decided to build cars to subsidize our income, and we just it kind of took off on its own. And then one of our customers' girlfriend was from um, from Europe. And we were trying to come up with a name, and you know, Flemke Racing at Flemke, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and I wanted something, you know, that was different and trendy, you know, because whatever. And um, she said, "Well, you, you're doing race cars, and over in Europe, we, everything's works, public works, city yeah. works, electric works, water works, whatever." She goes, "How about race race works?" And I went, "Hmm, that sounds cool." I love and that's it. how we got our name, and that's how we that's how we started building cars. Well, and that's it was awesome. Enough. And 1978 is when we started building the cars. So we've been doing it. I've been doing it pretty much continuously since uh, 78. Well, we certainly have appreciated the opportunity to uh, talk with you this evening. And uh, I'd love to bring you back at some point over the winter, if you would mind, and talk some more. Because there's so many questions I can get to. Because uh, you know, we were a little bit uh, tight on time here. But love to bring you back again, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Ed. And- also, I uh, wanted to let everybody know there's a website that um, is all about his dad, Study Eddie Flumke, Ed Flumke, F-E-L, or sorry, F-L-E-M-K-E, edflumke.com. Everybody check it out. It's a cool site. A lot of history there. Thank you, Ed, for being on, and uh, we'll talk with Ed Flumke again over the winter. We'll be back with more of Lead Lap right after this. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff 
driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico in Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. Hi, this is John Androsik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. He's done chasing races for the year. Yes. Uh, welcome back to Lead Lap. We are continuing with our program for this evening. Uh, we go live on Monday nights on the Performance Motorsports Network uh, and also on uh, WSIC TV 25-2 in uh, Charlotte over the air. And you can, of course, uh, catch us on demand by searching Race Chaser Radio at just about any of your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, the day following the show. So usually tomorrow afternoon that goes up. Um, Tom Baker, Chris Murdoch, James Mellick around the WSIC studio here talking racing. And we, um, we got through the cup discussion earlier. I want to go back to NASCAR for a bit and talk uh, Xfinity and trucks, because obviously both of those series uh, headed for their championship finales this weekend as well. And both of them um, certainly had, Interesting final fours and interesting things happening throughout the weekend. I guess we'll start with Xfinity because we can. And I think you called that one. Yeah. I just want to go on that note real yeah. quick and say I think you called that. I did. Um, and Don't fill his head. Justin Allgaier. I well, there. I honestly, it doesn't because I felt like, I just, again, it was just one of those times. We, we kept waiting and waiting, and I'm like, sometime before he just get down to crunch time, if guy is going to win, he better do it. Um, and he really needed it, I feel like, to get into. 
the Final Four and really go in with any kind of momentum. And he got it. I mean, he did a good job. It was good to see, Chris, that uh, Junior Motorsports back in the conversation. And, uh, you know, we went to Homestead last year and we were talking about every Junior Motorsports driver there was practically, except for Tyler Reddick, who then went and absolutely blitzed the field and uh, and won the championship. Can Justin Allgaier go down, win Homestead and take the championship and give Junior Motorsports uh, their second in a row? No. No. Nope. I No. It's... Uh... When you go to Homestead, there's two people you look at because, like I alluded to in the in the cup conversation, you got you got one groove pretty much, and it's whoever can ride the fence the best. And the two people that are best at riding the fence in uh, Xfinity right now are Cole Custer and Tyler Reddick. Interesting. Okay, well, uh, I'll come back to that. What say you, James Mellick? I'm going with Christopher Bell. Uh, he's a dirt guy, knows how to ride up against oh. a cushion. You're on a cushion there. He it was his race at Phoenix to lose. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened. I was unable to see the race, but I did see the interview with Allgaier. They said there was a miscue uh, from Christopher Bell, so I'm unsure what that was, but uh, a miscue there that took him away and yeah. gave the lead to Allgaier. Um, so he had the speed there as well, so I'm still sticking with Christopher Bell. Um, that's interesting. You actually not only answered my question, you picked your champion. We'll, we'll okay. leave the rest of that for the moment. That's okay. No worries. Yep. Um, we'll just note that you... Uh, Wow. Oh, that one froze that up one. on us. That <laughs> didn't. Well, I think the bell, oh, you know why we had the, there you go. There we had the is. cord in the middle of it. That's what happened. Wow. You, uh, you rang the bell for the championship. Um, Christopher Bell getting the, the title according to you. Um, um, yeah, I think he does it. No. Yeah. I definitely do. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. This is going to be interesting. I'm going to go back to what Chris said for a minute because I, I really have to agree to an extent anyway. Um, you know, you look at Reddick and, Cole Custer and you know I, I look at those two and I've thought all along that those were the two that going down to Homestead you'd be talking about I you know I I really kind of downplayed Christopher Bell longer than I should have but again it was almost you know he was keeping up in wins but when he didn't win it just seemed like you know he had if you look at the top 10 statistic he's got fewer top 10s than the other 3 mm-hmm. by uh, fairly by 3 at least um he's got 20 compared to 23 for Custer 26 or 24 for Allgaier 26 for Reddick um Reddick had that one little slump that he went through late summer into the early fall and other than that he was pretty doggone yep. consistent um but you know this is this is a different year. It's a different package. Are you still saying that those two, even with the differences, are going to be your two to fight it out? Yes. I will tell you exactly why Christopher Bell will not be up fighting for a champion and exactly what happened at ISM. He's going to have a miscue. He's going to either speed. He's going to take it away from himself. It's not a talent mm. thing. It's a pressure thing. When you go into high-pressure mm. situations, he doesn't perform. Wow. Okay. I mean, except in the chili bowl. I say he's done the um, chili bowl. D- a few dirt times. and asphalt are two different yeah, things. I guess. I mean, I, I you know, generally I wouldn't say so because as a mental coach, you you I mean it, the same the same characteristics that would have you be great under the pressure in one area would have you be great in another. But I understand where you're coming he's from not, because boy, if you look at the stats, it's it's he, not hard to. If he's not winning, he's not finishing in the top ten. Yeah, it's uh, so, it, it's interesting. Uh, he's he's and, got he's got more top fives than most of them. Um, yeah. it's just it's I don't know. It's strange with Chris. 
I, I'm picking. I mean, we might as well just do this because we've got one for Christopher yeah. Bell. I'm picking Cole Custer to win this championship. Won the race last year. Yeah, I, I just again I like Cole, and I I believe what I see, and I do agree with Chris. It's going to come down to him and Reddick, but I don't think it's going to be because either Bell or Allgaier necessarily miscue. I just these two guys are the guys at Homestead, and and boy. But I'll tell you what, I feel like here again, Chase Briscoe, I said this last week, I'm saying it again. This is a guy, I know he's out of the playoffs, can't win the championship now, but Chase Briscoe could go win this race at Homestead, and, and I wouldn't even consider it a great upset because he's pretty much got the same equipment Custer has, and Chase is a, he's come a long, long way this year. Chris. He has, and and I'll go ahead with my pick. I'm picking Tyler Reddick. He's going to go for okay. two for two in the two. Um <laughs> And, and you want to know a bigger, a bigger Bumper sticker. Chris is claiming trademarking rights there. If you want to know a bigger upset, upset than Chase Briscoe, the 19 of Brandon Jones, who's been on a roll these past couple mm. races. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, to me, I feel like at home he was, up, he was up there fighting for it at ISM. Yeah, he was up there and he got it at Texas. Yeah, he did so. it at Texas. I just feel like Homestead, I look at the top four and, and Briscoe, and I, I think somewhere in those five is your winner. Um, and, you know, I, I James, I really believe that if it, I will say this. If Christopher Bell wins this championship, he comes to LFR next year with a whole lot of swagger. Yeah, I agree. If he wins this championship, he comes over with a lot of swagger for yeah. sure. Uh, I mean, he comes in as the defending champion in the Xfinity Series, yep. so he comes over knowing he can win, knows he's fast. Um, but the reason I think he fits to win this championship is he's a dirt racer. He's used to riding on the edge. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're on, the, you're, on the, yeah. you're on that cushion all the time. Yeah. I know there's a difference between dirt and asphalt, but you're running so close to the edge on that fence to be fast at Homestead, um, and you have to save your tires as well because it's abrasive there. And dirt racing, you have to do the same. So all the aspects fit into him being able to do that. That's why I like Christopher Bell. And speaking of Christopher Bell going to LFR, can we talk about how next year Brandon Jones will be the veteran at JG? <laughs> at yeah, we, we hit that on one of the shows last and, and week. How do you, it's, it's <laughs> if you're Brandon Jones, you're just sort of now, sort of air quotes, hitting your stride. You're starting to mesh well. And you're starting to run where the car is capable of running. How do you go into that now having to be a mentor for, you know, Riley Herbst and uh, Well, I, I don't Burton? know. I mean, I... I, I mean, I, you're, he's only a couple years older than them. Yeah. I, I think all of them to a degree. I mean, Brandon may have more experience, but they've all shown the ability to run the car to the front. I, I, yeah. think, I think because they're close in age, they'll all work well together. Um, you know, obviously, um, you look at kind of... You look at sponsors that fit. I, none of these three... Mm-hmm. Are are doing the Gillette Young Guns deal because I don't no. think any of them could grow a beard if nope. they tried. Um, these <laughs> three baby face drivers in those cars next year going to be interesting, and they'll have an all star car put in place uh, yeah. from what we understand uh, as well for Kyle Busch to run his minimum and whatever. I think it's uh, only five. I think it's wanna, only five this yeah, year. Yeah, I think it's five, year. and then there's still talk that maybe uh, Denny or Eric for a, a race or two or whatever, but. Um, we'll they have to go see. for the owners' championship because I don't think a driver will get in the, the the championship for next year. You don't think any of those three? It's too green. Wow. Well, uh, here's my here's my counterpoint to that. If there is to be one, 
it's it's that basically Xfinity is going to be green because Reddick's gone, Custer's gone. Even though it hasn't been announced, he's going to end up somewhere in Cup. I I would bet the farm on it. So basically, you're talking about an entirely green um, Xfinity Series group going into next year. You know, you know whose what? championship it'll be? Justin Allgaier's. Well, that is true. Justin's coming back. <laughs> Everybody Instant, but right? Justin is going. All the young guys are going up practically, except for for Brandon. Um, Elliot Sadler should come out of retirement. Yeah. He actually might win a championship. <laughs> Good timing. Man. Well, I'll tell you the one the one that uh, that I would watch next year is Noah Gregson. I think that's yeah. uh, you know he's had a year of learning, and you can see toward this last half of the year the the performance trending up and I think he comes out of the box strong Mm -hmm. next year for junior, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, with some of these other teams and drivers as we go into the season. Um, One quick announcement about Xfinity in terms of driver roster before we switch over to trucks is um, Jesse little has a full-time Xfinity series ride next year. He will be driving for, um, the JD Motorsports team, and I think he'll be in the 01, and that's going to be a good opportunity for Jesse. He has proven time and time again in the trucks that he can run up front, run in the top five, and now he gets a chance to run full season with a team that I think can put him in and around the top 10, and again, a chance to move up and, and work on his skill set. Also, in another, series. another driver to watch out for since he's sort of uh, shown flashes of brilliance this year, and he's coming back next year the double deuce. Austin Cindric. Yeah, Austin Cindric. And then, of course, you know, we don't want to leave out calling either. You get Justin Haley and Ross Chastain over there. But, yeah. um, you know, it's going to be a very interesting year in Xfinity because a lot of the guys have been talking about all year this year going up to Cup It's together. crazy to me that we're already talking about next year and this year's not over yet. Well, it goes why not? By, it goes by fast. <laughs> we, we have the time. It's our show. Yeah, it does. It really does. It won't be long. And this weekend will be over. And, and then we'll only we'll have next year to talk about. Okay. Uh, one more segment coming up. And we've still got plenty more. Stick around. More of League Lap right after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride. Go fish. Walk in the park. Phone call. Milkshake. Play catch. Picnic. Fly a kite. Tell jokes. Laugh. Talk. Read a story. Tell a story. Bumper car. Swing set. Bowling. Pillow fight. Cut loose. Stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. 
It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this could be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. The representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a Facebook message and tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Hey! Welcome back to Lead Lap. Lightning round time on Lead Lap for another yell. week. You don't yell. Don't yes, yell. you do. I've heard you yell. Welcome back to Lead Lap. We have uh, just a, a segment left in this show. It's the Lightning Round segment, and we're talking trucks because we can, and it's the only NASCAR division we haven't talked. And I kind of saved this for last because, man, I just. Uh, I'll, I'll claim full 100% uh, bias toward the truck series of all the NASCAR series that are out there. I love, love, love the truck series. And Stuart Friesen and his mustache. Um, wow. I would never have thought he goes to ISM and wins, but he went to ISM and won. And he put himself in uh, the King's. Uh, chair right now, the King's Throne at the top of the standings going in, of course, for all the good it does, because basically everybody's within easy striking distance of each other. Um, and, you know, Friesen, Chastain, Moffat, and Kraft, and the final four. Chris Murdoch, can Stuart Friesen actually go pull this one out? Um, I don't believe so. Um, you're negative. To, he's like bearish. I'm not negative. These I are just, bulls and bears. He's just, bearish on I all the. I just don't think he can do it. <laughs> it's just, I mean, one one flash every now and then since Eldora is not is not championship worthy. If you look at it, if you look at his consistency stats, he's not very consistent. Two wins this year, just to make sure we. Yeah, understand. I, okay. I I did yeah. I did clarify okay. that. Um, but it's just, I mean. It is interesting. On the Cup side, you have three three Toyotas, and then in the trucks, you have three Chevys. Yeah. So, well, it, it, um, Chevys, you know, they're they're well, Toyota was as good as it la- gets in the trucks right Toyota now. Toyota was very GMS. lackluster this year. You had didn't Austin well, Austin Hill didn't didn't perform uh, as well as that truck probably could. Three wins. I mean, you it, know, that, it, 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 I'm I'm talking more playoffs. He he kind oh, of okay. Yeah, he, he definitely he, didn't he, have a did, good he didn't no. he did not have a good playoff run. Uh, so it was, it was a Chevy, it's a Chevy day, uh, because I think, I think Brett Moffat's going to retain. Well, uh, boy, I, all right, I'm going to let Mellick go first cause I got some thoughts, but I'll save him. Go ahead, James. Um, you know, like he just said, Moffat's defending champion. He's in a GMS truck. Uh, it's going to be fast, but Breezen won the dirt race. 
And like I said with Bell, I think that dirt race means something because you're on the edge, and he's been fast at a lot of mile-and-a-half racetracks this year. He showed speed, so I think there's a chance for freezing can do it well, uh, do it as well. So I think it's going to be really competitive. I will say it's going to be between Moffitt and Ross Chastain because that that kid's going to throw it all out on the line. He's going to throw everything but the kitchen, maybe even the kitchen sink at it, yeah, uh, just see, trying to get the championship. I was kind of going there, but I was going to say that, you know, you talked about Moffitt, he talked about Friesen, and I think that this is what makes this so interesting for me on Friday night. I do have faith that Stuart Friesen could compile that momentum into another win, but to 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 do it, he's going to have to beat Moffitt, but I think the, the, the real guy that I, if I'm going to pick, I'm picking Ross Chastain, and I have said... Since he got on that run earlier in the year with Nice, where, you know, he went and started winning races, this appears to be destiny for that team. And I'm going to stick to that. Ross Chastain goes out, wins this championship. And if the, you would have said this sentence to me at the beginning of the year, Nice Motorsports, Motorsports will, make, oh. will make the championship for. Oh, make the championship for. Well, that's I, true. I would have said you're insane. I would have too. But again, we didn't. We didn't Let alone win the thing. We did not. Obviously Ross came out of, Ross Ross came out of left year. field. Yeah. Well, don't forget about one guy. We did the same thing last year. A lot of people overlooked the guy who won the championship this year, or last year, and Brett Moffitt. There's still another guy that a lot of well, people overlooked. Well, it wasn't Moffitt. It was more everybody overlooked uh, uh, Reddick in the Xfinity Series, but okay. But a lot of people thought somebody else would win it other than Moffitt yeah. a lot, too. Don't forget, Crafton's in there as well, yeah, a defending I champion. I, I know they haven't showed it. any speed. He's there as well. See, but that's my point. There, I don't. I just, Trucks are built on speed and momentum. You've yeah, got to be able to carry it. I don't believe what I see. Uh, crafted all year long. I mean, you look at the you look at the top four. Let's just and, and again, you can believe what you see with these stats because the current, you know, top five or wins for Stuart Friesen two, Chastain three had one taken away, um, Moffitt four, Crafton zero. Yeah, he doesn't have any. This okay, um, top fives. 12 for Friesen, 12 for Moffitt, 9 for Chastain, 6 for Crafton. Um, now, granted, he's had one DNF all year, um, you know, but he's led 35 laps all season. And if you say, well, okay, how about the others? Uh, Moffitt, 449, Chastain, 555, and Friesen, 256, Crafton, 35. Not feeling it. Um, you know, they're... they're I don't know what's happened at Thor Sport, but uh, I feel like there needs to be some 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 change there. Something's kind of come off the rails in terms of speed. I'm just not seeing it out of Matt Crafton's truck. Um, so, yeah, I just think Ross Chastain is the guy that I look at and say, OK, this is, you know, this is his year. And you know what? But but here's the deal. Again, you look at this. And we talked about this with the other divisions. Do I think Johnny Sauter could win this race? Absolutely. Do I think Tyler Ankrum could win this race? 100% yes. Um, you know, Tyler was a Tyler went into this uh, race at uh, ISM over the weekend with a shot and he was fast, but they just didn't have a good race. They didn't they didn't have it when it came time and and that's uh that's still a new team. Still a new yeah, team. They're um, still working through. But something. I do believe that they could go to uh, to Homestead and win the race. And even Ben Rhodes, I would give a shot. So, you know, you've got Sheldon Creed that's been hanging out trying to win a race. You know, Homestead produces new winners. So I will tell that you, could happen. Ben Rhodes has had sort of a subtle attitude shift where he's been in this mode of just take no prisoners. 
uh, recently, and I'm kind of liking it. He needs to stick up for himself. He's been pushed around a lot in the past couple of years. It's good to see him pushing back. Well, it is good. Um, I do think you may see some changes in that particular uh, team before next year. But, yeah, I believe that Ben definitely uh, could go and, and win this. That's what I'm saying. The truck series all year is almost like a super speedway race. You could throw about 12 of them into a hat and just pick one out and have it an equal uh, shot that, that that number would win because it's I will so say, competitive. Um, Anthony Alfredo sporting a new ride, FOJ'd out uh, this weekend yeah. at Homestead with the truck and the suit. <laughs> I like the way he he'll, said that. He'll... Uh, He'll stick out like a friends of Jacqueline for yeah. those of you who don't know friends of Jacqueline. Yeah, it's and if you he's done he's done really well with that. that he, well, he he has, and I, I'm going to stop and and pay a nod to the friends of Jacqueline Foundation. You and I are very familiar with it through our work with Raceface Brand Development. But um, friends of Jacqueline is one of the most amazing organizations that I've ever run across ever in my 51, almost 52 years in a couple of weeks. Um, and I, I don't say that out of bias. I say it because I just absolutely love what they do. And I don't want to go into trying to explain it. I would like all of you to go to friends of Jacqueline foundation, just Google it and, and go to their website and spend some time there. They do some amazing things for some kids who desperately need amazing things done. And so many so many stories from yes. so many great organizations, not yes. just the NASCAR world. You got sports teams. You got the Yankees involved. Yep. I mean, some major college teams getting yep. involved. Um, it's all about adopting, yeah. um, you know, children with um, debilitating diseases. And, and uh, my goodness, this organization is just first class all the way. I, yep. I don't spend a lot of time promoting uh you know various things on this show other than obviously our sponsors because we have to because i'm not a big uh believer in in you know we do radio to tell stories but that this is a story worth telling and in fact i'm going to try to see if i can get uh the founder of the friends of jacqueline foundation on one of our race chaser shows here dennis murphy up. and dennis jacqueline murphy, yes and jacqueline uh are two of the most humble people yep. i've ever met in Absolutely. my entire life yep Yep. So it's a great organization. So uh, please, everybody, go and uh, check them out. They uh, they are worthy of your time. Um, okay. So truck series race uh, time to pick. Here we pick the champion. Who actually goes and wins the race on Friday night? Are you, is it one of the playoff four, or are you taking the field on this one? Oh, I think it's one of the playoff four. Okay. I think it's Moffat. Moffat wins. Well, if Moffat wins the race, you still. Uh, oh, are you picking him to win the title then? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, earlier. all right, because I wasn't sure because you were kind of talking about Moffat and Chastain, but you went with Moffat. It's going to okay. be between Moffat and Chastain. So, are you are you freezing winning the race and the title? I think he's got a shot right now. I mean, I think they're really going to be close, all four of them. I truthfully do. I think it's going to be. You could throw a blanket over all four. I think it's going to come down to a late race restart and. <laughs> you know, it's it really is hard. Well, um, I I honestly think that the guy who's led the most laps shows it now, Chastain. Well, that's that. See, that's my. You know, you talk about. You know, they've always said Dale Earnhardt would have run over his own mother to win a race. If Ross Chastain's mother gets in his way, <laughs> she's gonna get. She's gonna turn into a watermelon. Let me, let me tell you, if if Ross Chastain wins this championship, a Florida man. A Florida watermelon farmer, that place is going to go nuts. 
Well, I hadn't thought about that, but that's right. This is a home game for him, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, boy, that would be incredible, honestly. But I just believe. I, I believe it. And uh, but it's going to be fun. This is where, you know, everybody that, that says they don't like the playoff format or whatever, well, you're entitled. That's fine. I mean, I, I respect that, but I do. I, I don't think NASCAR's ever been as exciting at the end of a season as it is, you know, in, in these recent years with this kind of, uh, drama going down to it and and four racers especially in this truck series uh, you know look if they can come up with a piece for Crafton that'll go fast enough to put him in contention we know that crafty will put it there we just need for um for the truck to be fast enough and i'm just not so sure we're going to see that but certainly freezing chastain and moffitt um all of these guys are aggressive and they're all they're all really aggressive on restarts which is why when one of you said late race restart i guess it was james um that's all i could think of is if it comes down to a late race restart um somebody in about seventh place is liable to win this race because they may all end up in a heap we're gonna see what what was it 2015 where carl edwards joey logano and all them took each other four wide oh yeah we're gonna see that yeah it's gonna be really interesting to say the least okay it's time for us to throw the checkered flag thanks to our sponsors uh uh, Strutmasters, of course, uh, dot com and my computer career. And of course, HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Thanks to Jacob Seelman, uh, our special guest earlier, and Ed Flemke. And of course, for Chris and for James Mellick, my name is Tom Baker. And we will be back actually tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning, live at 11 a.m. for the Inside Pass. Nick DeGroote will be with us. Uh, and looking forward to having him and talking more about Championship Week. Until then, so long, everybody. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio, powered by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.